Hi, welcome to Genuine Chit Chat. My name is George Mann, and I'm the writer of Newbreen Hobbs, Witchwood, and Star Wars The High Republic. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I am joined by poster illustrator, cosplayer, and architecture student, Nida Mukhtari. So I connected with Neda over social media. I think it was Twitter specifically. She created a couple of posters that I thought were absolutely phenomenal. And then I followed her and then we got chatting about Star Wars and other stuff. So I asked her to come on the pod. So this conversation does focus primarily around her studying of architecture, as I know little to nothing about architecture. So I thought it would be an interesting conversation. And then within that, we do also talk about our mutual love of Star Wars, as well as Nida's cosplaying, because she made an incredible Fennec Shand cosplay outfit. And I actually crossed paths with her at Star Wars Celebration. But we talk about all those things in this conversation. You don't have to have enjoyed Star Wars or even seen them to enjoy this conversation. Star Wars is kind of sprinkled in amidst certain bits and pieces of conversation. But this is primarily about architecture and poster design and illustration. So it's a really interesting conversation. It's suitable for all ages, so anyone can listen to this, even with their little ones. And I really hope you enjoy it. Neda is an incredible individual, and I'll be following her career with great interest, to quote Palpatine from Phantom Menace. So make sure you check out the details in the description, including Nuda's website, where you can see a lot of her artwork and her architecture stuff. It's really, really cool. And follow her on social media where you can. But that's going to be enough from me, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nuda, and I'll be back at the end to give you more information on what's coming up and a few other bits and pieces. So without further ado, here is Nuda Mctari. Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. I am here today with Nuda Mukhtari. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm more excited now that we started this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how would you like introduce yourself to people uh, outside of the professional space necessarily? Like, what is your title? Because you're studying architecture, you've created posters and things, a couple of which have been fully licensed as well. But there's a term that you like to use, um, which involves the word Star Wars, which I really like that. And I think that'd be a wonderful <laughs> place to start with. So if we can ask you, what is this thing I'm alluding to? What does it mean? And kind of go off on, what do you do? <laughs> so... I don't do this in the architecture practice because they'll have my head for it. But I usually <laughs> say I'm a star architect, which um, in architecture or in architecture practice, that means like you're a famous architect, like, you know, one of the top ones. But I thought it was funny because I have star and then in bracket wars, star architect. Um, but yeah, that's like a, a million dollar question there because every year I'm like, who am I? <laughs> what? <laughs> how do I introduce myself when I'm doing like three different things at once? Um, but yeah. And doing architecture, posters, and just having fun. <laughs> you are. You're spreading positivity through the fandom, especially via Star Wars. And um, you've done a lot of cosplay. And we actually crossed paths, but never properly met at Star Wars Celebration yeah. uh, in London 2023. Yeah. Um, which, how did you find that, just out of interest? How was that for you? Have you been to many conventions prior to that? So I've been, I only started doing cosplaying and Comic-Cons in 2021. So after it started opening up um, after COVID. And yeah, Star Wars Celebration was a lot. <laughs> Let's just leave it there. It was really fun. It was great. I'd say it wasn't as organized as I expected it to be. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of intense for the first two days. But I had fun. It was also during my birthday. So I was just with my friends. I was like, it's meant to be <laughs> the whole time. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. How did you find it? 
I, I loved it. I've been once before, but this time I went for all of the days, whereas last time I went, when it was in the UK, um, I only went for one day. And that was when I was hugely underprepared. I had barely yeah. any money. I went with a couple of friends who also didn't have any money. Um, yeah. And so, you know, style celebration and conventions in general, they're amazing. They're great fun. They can be organized poorly in certain aspects and all conventions I've been to have had a degree of that. But you need to be aware that for most of it, you need some money. You need to take some spending money. You need money. a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything is like, this is amazing. How much is it? Okay. Uh, so it's just, yeah. we saved up, uh, myself and uh, Megan. We That's my fiance. I never told you that off air, but my audience know her just by Megan. Yeah. So I just want to clarify that. Um, she'd never been to a convention before. But before we went, I was like, we're, we're going to need to save up. Let's each save up, you know, a few hundred pounds. And then when we're there, we can just know it doesn't really matter. I mean, I was eyeing up a Thrawn Funko Pop, but that was like £200. And I was like, ouch, I can't pour that on one of these little things for a tenner. <laughs> but you were in cosplay the whole, like, was it every day that you were in Most, cosplay? So on Friday, I wasn't. Uh, I was actually wearing this. Nice. So, nice. You know, representing Star Wars. And then um, Saturday, which was my birthday, I was Fennec Shan. Sunday, Endor Leia. But I only went those three days. So mm-hmm. I didn't go for the rest. It was it was fun. I loved being in cosplay, but um, I kind of got sick of Excel after that because it gets really hot in there. And then it when does. you're with like, I'm sure you've seen my friends, the Mando, Boba Fett. They're all so amazing. But when we're together, we're just like trying to walk, and everyone wants to take a picture. And at some point, you're kind of like, I'm about to pass out. <laughs> Please let me leave. So you kind of take everything off so that you can go away. Um, but yeah, it was it was so fun. Um, and, and then after Star Wars celebration, we're like, that's it for the year. I cannot, like, I need to financially recover. I need to take a break. I'm sick of the XL. And then uh, we ended up in, in Showmasters, um, London Film and Comic Con in July. We're like, that's enough of a break. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's a passion. It was for for Tamara Morrison. We were just like. Which, whom you met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny because um, it was me and my friend. We were trying to call, like, you know, just guess who's the big guest for 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 July's one. And then uh, and then I remember calling. I was like, what if it's Tamara Morrison? I've been waiting three years for him to get to, like, sign my poster at least. And then um, he's like, no, no, nah, not going to happen. And then I called it and they all blamed me for spending money. <laughs> I mean to be fair we I mean, fun. that's so. what you want you know and, and I, I showed you before but as we're with the video element of um, for people I've got my Boba Fett uh, t-shirt on so I, I do enjoy the series the book of Boba Fett I thought it was good it wasn't as good yeah. as other it series and there were flaws in it but I thought it was fun I mean I'm I'm kind of I'm very positive with the majority of Star Wars I watch the most critical I am I think is of the Clone Wars movie uh, that's my in my view the worst piece of canon content <laughs> and just because it's just not made for me but I love wait, the Clone wait. Wars Clone Wars animation movie or yeah. Attack of the Clones oh no Clone Wars animated movie I love okay. Attack of the Clones I oh, yeah? adore it yeah I shamelessly had that on VHS tape and used to <laughs> I used to fast forward past the Padme and Anakin bits not gonna lie but I love it. I unashamedly like it's not it's in my top half I'd say of if I rate all the Star Wars films it's it's I just love especially the ending For, as soon as I get to Geonosis it's so cool. I just love it. Yeah. It's it will Geonosis. be arena battle. Oh, amazing. But out of interest, we're sure as well on Star Wars. And then I do want to ask a little bit more about Tamara Morrison uh, before we delve into other things. <laughs> so but my what, favorite movie, mm. which one? 
or t- top couple if you need to if you need to choose I one per trilogy like, uh, see i'm a prequel baby so same I, I watched the prequels first but i still like i think it changes as it grow like as you grow so mm. mine is still empire strikes back mm-hmm. more recently but i also love revenge of the sith well but like um, i need i need a minute to like to like i need time in between to watch it again oh the that's mu- so cool the mustafa there it is so that's that must have hurt. <laughs> uh, it was my first ever tattoo, and it took seven and a half hours. Um, it was quite painful the last couple, but I'm Revenge of the Sith is my absolute favorite. That's my anything in Star Wars like I love, but Revenge of the Sith that that Order sixty six montage is so painful, but it's so yeah. good. And every that's time why I happens, need like some time in between. Yes. <laughs> It's like Revenge of the Sith. I'm like, am I ready mentally <laughs> one yeah. more time? Like, can so. I hold myself together when Mace Windu and Anakin are looking at each other? Yeah. And every time I'm like, Anakin, don't do it, please. please I beg <laughs> is, there, is there like anything important during this week <laughs> that I need to focus on? <laughs> like, that's usually it. If I'm watching it over the weekend, I'm like, wait, I have a meeting. I need to focus. <laughs> Let's not watch it. <laughs> I can't yeah. be having flashbacks of all the Order 66 montages I've seen on, on the screen yeah. for the next week. Uh, but speaking yeah. of... Um, Going back from Revenge of the Sith, obviously back to Attack of the Clones. So Tamira Morrison, obviously famously played Jango Fett. Is that how you were first introduced to uh, Tamira, and where the kind of the fandom love kind of started with you, or where where is it? Where did it start with you and Tamira? You know, it actually it was quite recent. So um, okay, Harrison Ford first man crush always with like will be for me. I think you can <laughs> tell by my tweets. Um, I think everyone can tell. Uh, Tamira was like. Yeah, so Django Fett, first movie with him in it. And then I think more recently when he came back in in Mando season two. I hope your thing is spoiler free because I'm going oh, yeah. for it. No, we're, everything, <laughs> the the only thing is the finale of Rebels. There's a couple of friends of mine who are currently watching that. So okay. if, unless we're we going to delve deep it. into Thrawn, um, which we yeah. could, but that's probably the only thing I'd say is just for, I've got one or two friends of mine who listen and they're not quite finished oh. yet of recording okay. this, but anything else is free game. That's fine. Um, okay. So yeah. Yeah. Mando season two, when he came back, I was just like pumped about it. And that's when I actually started making posts, like posters for Star Wars as well. Uh, so that's when the obsession started, I think, like the hyperfixation on Boba Fett. And then, um, yeah, that was like, what, three years ago Mm. (laughs) and it's still going. (laughs) So yeah. That's amazing. And so speaking of your posters and the Boba Fett ones, I mean, with Samara Morrison as well and with Book of Boba Fett and those sort of things, the thing is with Book of Boba Fett is the things of Boba Fett in himself. He's such a cool character and the armor itself and his ship, the slave one, they're such iconic things. So being able to create art around them is something amazing. So with you and the posters you made, what was your favorite of them? From all my posters or just Star Wars related? So the Star Wars ones first. Uh, I, well, actually, no, just go for the Star Wars ones because I know it, it varies with the other ones. Um, yeah. So just the Star Wars yeah, ones. Yeah, there's a lot of like love-hate relationships to some of them. So <laughs> let's just leave it out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the schematic is still my favorite. It took me like three months. <laughs> mm. I had nothing better to do. It was like in the middle of lockdowns and stuff. So yeah, I think that one was my favorite and still is. So yeah, and it's the only poster that I actually revisited more than once just to like refine things for myself or, you know, to print things out. Um, Yeah, that one's my favorite. It is incredible. Schematics are, I know you've said in a previous podcast that you, 
you really like doing them and they're really sought after people are always requesting them but they take so much time and yeah. with with that like when you make these posters did you is the software that you use to make these the same software you use when it's to do with architectural things or is it something separate yeah so i use i i'm okay to share with what i use some i think some artists aren't or like architects don't usually like to share it but okay. i'm completely happy to be open about it i use um rhino 3d rhinoceros which is the 3d modeling uh software and then i just bring it into illustrator and photoshop and work the magic but first the slave one schematic it was literally 3d rhino illustrator and that's it like it was fun <laughs> it was a lot of crashing <laughs> crashing moments when your software your 3d model crashes and you kind of want to cry but it's like yeah i think that's just like part of the experience <laughs> or that's how you know it's working somehow amazing because yeah. i've um i've dabbled in illustrator a little bit but i find it quite difficult to use because i was never formally trained in it but photoshop i'm fairly i'm fairly good at. i did a media studies in college which required photoshop and then in i got yeah. an apprenticeship and then there was graphic design involved with that. So when handling vector images, I had to use Illustrator or Fairmont in that. But I've never used Rhinoceros. Never used that. I wouldn't have guessed that name in a thousand years. <laughs> yeah, we just call it Rhino, Rhino 3D. Um, I use it more now as well in my studies. But yeah, Illustrator was not easy for me either, to be honest. I actually hated it so much. And now I use it every time um, for my posters. But that Slave One schematic was kind of... Um, it was post-COVID. Um, no, yeah, it was in the middle of COVID. I was a COVID graduate, so I finished my bachelor's degree in the middle of lockdown, and I was having a hard time finding a, an architecture practice job um, as a part one. So I just started setting up like different challenges for myself. I'm like, okay, let's try to make this out of Illustrator and, and you know get used to using it or that kind of thing, and it helped a lot. So yeah. Wow. And may I ask with this, if this is not too much of a personal question, why did you choose to go down the route of architecture? I know you've uh, kind of been yeah. fairly artistic. You and your sister, if I'm to understand, are quite artistic, the main artistic ones in the family. So has architecture yeah. always been an inkling of yours or was it kind of a natural path of where you were going educationally? Like I'm interested by that. I think, like you said, it was kind of a natural thing. Um, I like my maths and my art, which is actually... Um, how do you say it? It's kind of uh, a myth <laughs> that you have to have these for architecture, but no one told me. <laughs> so, um, I just felt like it was a bit, yeah, of a natural choice. I really liked it. I had, um, I think my first reference was like a Frank Lloyd Wright falling water, uh, that, that building. And then just kind of went with it in university, enjoyed the studies. Studies is completely different to practice. At least it was still for me. And then you kind of start merging it when you go into your master's. But yeah, it's nice because you kind of, you're learning how to design for people. You're learning how to design for a story. Um, there's a lot of narrative in it. And I don't know, like, I just feel like it's it's fun that I know that I can do so many things within architecture, especially when you're studying it. So you can go into history, you can go into film, you can go into so many different parts that you may need. Um, you don't you're like an expert as you go with your experience so you can dip into anything yeah and it must be interesting when you're creating those things i heard you mention having to uh, speak with engineers because certain things in your mind sound incredible and then physics does not allow for certain things so has yeah. that kind of helped you understand 
how even more so like working with engineers how buildings are made and how things kind of work together in that sense yeah i mean technical like technical work is not my best part in my studies i always dread it because i feel like which is kind of ironic right because i like my schematics for star wars <laughs> and then when it comes to real life i'm like oh no this is not it like i know it's wrong and but they're there to help and i think like Another myth is like always when you're against architects versus engineers, but it's really a good collaboration in the end. Um, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy it like with them. I think, yeah, the conversations that I have with them are always interesting. Let's just leave it there. Yeah, that's fine. There are moments where they rationalize you're building a bit too much. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm like, now it's not even the design that I want. <laughs> but, you know, you kind of work back and forth with that. So, yeah. That must be one of the reasons you quite enjoyed uh, making posters because it's kind of it's true freedom in a sense of you being able to create like there's certain ones you haven't released for people for one reason or another but like you don't have to release the art you create you can make these posters with what parameters you kind of want so is that quite freeing for yeah. you do you think yeah yeah it's a good break i i did a lot of posters last year when i was in practice like having work <laughs> set set time let's say working hours um yeah, it is freeing. It's nice to take off your mind off things and then you just have something that you like. So I don't do any posters for anything that I, I'm not into, let's say. I'm like, unless I'm getting commissioned, then I'll have a look and see if I actually like it. But I'll be very honest if I'm like, I don't think I'm the one for for this poster. Um, yeah, I, I find it easier. And I like being abstract with my work or finding new ways to represent things, which doesn't always... Um, doesn't translate easy in, in architecture let's say so there's like more conversations to be had about that um especially during my studies but like with i feel like with posters it's more easily accepted you know it's like oh it's style so yeah hmm. yeah i mean also posters can be anything you know a poster doesn't have to hold the weight of a building up or have to have logical yeah. places to put water mains you know with a poster it's just you can have one so simple like the Fight Club soap or you can have yeah. really complicated like Infinity War style posters where every square inch, like every pixel is something different. So it yeah. is interesting. Um, with your posters as well, my um, Megan said that her favourite one of yours was the Aladdin one. Um, she enjoyed them all, but she loves Aladdin Not anyway. Dune, but... finally! <laughs> like, enough Dune! <laughs> I mean, I like the Dune one. I think it's cool, but I don't... Thank personally, you. it's not It's not my personal favourite. My favourite is your Black Swan one. I think the way you've okay. done those feathers, I think that's when I first we first interacted because I saw that and I was like, whoa, is is Bla uh, Black Swan being released on 4K now? And that's the cover. And then I oh, saw it was sorry. you. And I was like, I was like, I would, because I collect steelbooks and things. So I've got right here, there's one that um, I know you recently watched Oppenheimer, which I've not seen yet. I'm seeing it next week. I'm seeing Barbie first on Thursday with my mum's and Megan. Cute. Um, Very but I've cute. Got, I collect steelbooks. So I've got this, oh, which is cool. Interstellar, and it's just, it's made of, you know, metal, hence it being called a steelbook. Um, so they've got Blu-rays in pretty much all of them. And most of them have got um, alternate artwork and things. I don't know if this one's going to be as exciting. Yeah. I chose the really boring one. Now, this is literally the most boring steelbook ever. Look at that. Just the side. <laughs> yeah. But I, I was using it as an example, or trying to, that like posters and like IMAX, but there's a Lego one. There you go. That's fun. Um, but yeah. I like alternative artwork and I like it when it's in posters or when I can buy something physical. I've got quite a few vinyls, which are things I've made because things I bought because bands um, released them with alternate artwork and things like that. So when I saw your Black Swan, 
that's what I thought because I was like, that genuinely looks incredible. So it's a great place now to plug. Uh, we'll go do we'll also plugs towards the end as well. But your website, uh, tell people. I'll put the description, put it in the description. But I want people to, even if you get one post to sell from this, I just want more people to know <laughs> about your incredible artwork that you create as well. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, my website is literally my name, <laughs> nadamaktari.com. And uh, at the moment, the only thing on sale is uh, vi- like through Vice Press and through my own artist proofs is the Blade Runner 2049. And you know mm. Vice Press, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got like Matt's working on some really great steel books. Like you've seen it, right? Mm. Oh no, I, I know I've I know peripherally of them, but I've not specifically interacted with them like that. But no, it's uh, it's one of those. I well, I'm very excited for when other stuff comes out. But I know also as an independent vendor, it's you know obviously there's certain licensed things that you can't actually sell. No, they are licensed, so oh, I so think the, oh, I'll wow. send you some links because now that I found out that you're interested in them, I'll be like, oh okay, you like these. <laughs> Because I've seen so, them, I, I went on your website and I saw the Blade Runner, because I think, have they got some, um, they've got a language on there that I can't identify, so I don't want to say, what, are they, what I, is it? I think they are, they are Japanese characters, and mm. I got like a few comments on these, because they were like, doesn't make sense, but it's actually on the rooftop from the movie, so like mm. when he's standing in the movie, um, and yeah, and it was kind of mirrored in a way, so it looks like, I, I've mirrored it so that it looks like you're kind of standing in the rooftop looking ahead into the skyline mm. yeah it's like a back and forth thing but then i have the also the um the the art ones you know like the behind the scene concept art books mm-hmm. and i got the blade runner one for the poster just to like work on it and it's actually the name i think of one of the main designers from the original movie which uh. i thought was kind of cool like that's i think from what i remember that's what it was so yeah but it's not a complete character name Mm-hmm. um so it has confused a lot of people <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it's fine I it could, was licensed <laughs> i could even identify the language so it's completely fine it's, it's no no water off my back but yeah I, I love a lot of your posters and linking in with uh, the aladdin one back to that it, obviously the geometry element of things you know you use that quite a lot assumedly in architecture i don't know much about geometry apart from the incredibly tiny amount i studied about it um in barely secondary school i think so i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how how is geometry used in posters slash architecture and then bleeding into what this is a term i don't even understand hence why i'm asking but futurism through geometry so lots of geometry th- questions being thrown yeah at you. <laughs> i feel like a mathematician all of a sudden going oh. <laughs> i'm being interrogated no um so i think the aladdin one i was I think I said it in the post that I took like inspiration from Islamic geometry. Um, I'm Arab, so I, I just felt like it had to be done. <laughs> and I think it's much easier through Illustrator than trying to figure it out by hand, like how you wouldn't see in those mosaics that or like the tile work that they do. Uh, but yeah, I think that that kind of stems from, you know, architectural geometry that you you would know as, or like a cliche example. And geometry in architecture, I think is it's basically architecture because we draw through geometry, you know, whether you have your straight lines or curved lines or whatever, it is part of it. Um, but yeah, features, what did I say? Future through geometry? Futurism, futurism through, through geometry. geometry. I don't know, like if futurism, I've heard the term before in certain elements, but is that just yeah. kind of like futuristic stuff in essence? Yeah, yeah, I would say that. Like futurism through geometry. Um, well, I like a lot of, futuristic movies which or fantasy movies i don't think i've made 
anything that's actually kind of based on a real life story and I don't think I will because <laughs> I find that kind of sad um yeah there's a lot of geometry in futuristic movies and I think it's used really in, like in an interesting way um there's like another thing like I I, I literally based my essay for this year and my first year of master's on on brutalism in Andor which mm -hmm. is like it's like incredible how they used it. But then at the same time, while I was taking for my essay, I was taking a film and architecture module. And there are a lot of movies like I don't remember their names right now because I completely blanked. But there are a lot of movies that use like, you know, like monumentalism, you know, having large scale giant buildings that kind of to make you feel small. And then you start to realize like that has to do with the geometry, the shapes of the buildings and the scale of them. So so I think, yeah, so a lot of futurism, futurism based or futuristic movies have a lot of geometry in them and sometimes i think like just being intuitive with it which is what i do more than over i try not to overthink my posters <laughs> i try to give myself a time limit just because i'm very like busy with the studying or when i was with work they'll give myself like maybe two or three hours on one and then maybe the other one has a longer timeline which is like two months <laughs> but like I'll start like with a circle which is I don't know why it's become like a sacred ritual now with with my work start with the circle and then just work um based on my intuition like where it takes me um but yeah hmm it's a good I hope answer. that answered it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is interesting you mentioned, like, because I like a lot of sci-fi films, obviously surrounded by Star Wars stuff, and I love Blade Runner. Uh, well, no, I love Blade Runner 2049. I don't actually enjoy the original Blade Runner as much. Oh, yeah. I like what it did okay. for sci-fi. I appreciate it as a movie, but every time I watch it, I'm like, for the first half, I'm like, actually, I like this more than I remember. And then the second half, I'm like, no, no, this is the bits. <laughs> these are the bits I remember not liking very much. Um, but 2049, I think, is an absolute phenomenal masterpiece. Uh, and obviously, the director made Dune as well, from what I can remember. So, yeah, two incredible yeah. films and two sci-fi fantasy-esque films as well that I love. Um, so with, uh, with your architecture, linking back, one more question about architecture. And that is, when you are studying it and when you have to... How, how do you get graded in it like is it like there's a project that you have to make is it a lot of theory stuff obviously you don't have to talk about what you specifically did but like in general what is asked of you just out of my own curiosity because i couldn't i wouldn't even know where to start like judging someone on architecture <laughs> <laughs> that's the hard part isn't it um yeah it's a little bit like art where you can say you don't like something just because you don't like it and then that's just your feedback which <laughs> i disagree with <laughs> um and I think we're moving forward from as like from architecture school, but usually you'll have three different type of modules, not necessarily the same three every year, but two main ones that you carry through is like an essay research based type of module. And then you'll have your main project, which is a design project. So you'll get like a brief of what you're doing, a site, or like could be literally my one was in Cairo. <laughs> and we couldn't travel so you can guess how fun that was <laughs> trying to research your site on google maps um and i i went i've been in 2019 but like the rest of my studio hasn't so we were depending on me a few books and like google maps to kind of carry it through and whoever had experience and yeah and then you kind of work throughout the whole year on uh, design so it depends in in architecture school there are different studios allocated for the year so you'll have like i'd say seven studios at least 
and each one has a different theme. So if you were interested in architecture, but through VR, for example, there's a studio for that. Mm. Or if you're interested in architecture through film, architecture through just drawing, then there's different specific studios for that. And you build your portfolio um, and your project through that. So you start with a site and then you end up with your building and proposal. Um, yeah, that's that's usually how it's based off. But then you also have reviews, um, which is what we call them. We're used to calling them crits and like you're being critiqued. And that's usually twice a term where you're in front of your whole studio, your tutors, your guests that have been invited. They could be alumni, guest architects that you kind of fangirl over <laughs> from a distance um, or are in fear of. And you present your project and they give you feedback. So, yeah. Wow. And that's like when, when it gets really interesting. It's like the discussions <laughs> that happen and mm. discussions with tutors in general. I think that's like some of the best parts of architecture school is the, is the discussions that you have where you actually learn so much from your tutors and other people and people in studios and you learn from each other as much as like, oh, I'll just go and draw this and try to figure this out. It's really collaborative. Mm. Do you learn things from them as in more techniques or like what what kind of thing would you be learning from them? So from your tutors, I think almost everything. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like you have, well, we had seminars in the beginning um, with our tutors where we just did some reading and, you know, uh, every week we'd just like get together and just start talking about these books that could be completely unrelated to archi architecture, but more about people. So like we read a book about like a few chapters about um tribes and how how they came about like what are tribes now what were they before and because architecture does like architecture is nothing without people so you kind of need to understand what people want or at least like try to get an idea of what your project would bring to people and um yeah and then you kind of learn through discussions on that you, know, you get an idea of what your studio thinks like some people like we're very international so you learn from other people's cultures um what else do we do and then sometimes it could just be something very very specific like very very basic i remember just literally towards the end of the year i told one of my friends in studio your rendering is amazing that lighting is amazing how do you do that do you use rhino and he just shows me in like two minutes and that's it you know like it's life-changing for me for him it's like a normal two-minute conversation and like that's the nice parts of it you know Mm. yeah i think collaboration is one of my favorite things probably of life really i mean in in all kinds of ways obviously be it friendships or you know with podcasting you know even this conversation is to a degree a collaboration and yeah. i think it's so one of the reasons i love soul celebration so much regardless of the you know little annoying things around generally it was just loads of people there to celebrate things and it was just yeah it was positive energy positive vibes and yeah. so linking back in with you know, social media and obviously your TikTok and things, you know, and linking in again with cosplay is out of interest. What made you start cosplaying? Because I know a lot of people would be a lot of cosplay. Okay. A lot of people who think about cosplay, I assume would be like, oh, you start small. So you go to somewhere and you wear like, you know, uh, Sean from Shaun of the Dead, just a white shirt and a little blood splats and that's it. And you're done. And then you kind of build yeah. it up in a sense. Whereas <laughs> Fennec Shan's a pretty big one, and especially with, you know, the weapon and the helmet. She wasn't my first. Okay. No, but it's still, that's still a huge, that's the kind of thing I'd expect from, 
years of doing it. So when did you kind of start and get into it really? So I started 2021. It's been like, what, two years? Yeah. So you've right? been, you did, I mean, Fennec Shad in two years is pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty impressive. It's pretty expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, why did I start cosplay? I've, I had FOMO. <laughs> that was it. I was going actually, my first con, I was going to see, um, do you know the poster posse, the agency? No, I'm afraid I don't. Okay. So they're this really great guy, Don, and his wife have an agency for alternative movie poster artists or just illustrators in general. Mm. And they do um, great work like with Disney, Paramount, and you know, hire a couple of artists every now and then to do work for them. And I got to know them through doing their um, passion projects, which is like, if you're not working or a member of the agency, it doesn't like, they're not quite um, reserved or away from you. They'll They'll still support you in a way. And they've been really supportive over the years. Like, especially when I started, like he he loves Boba Fett as well <laughs> and the schematics. So that that's what got me talking to him. And they have a stall every Comic-Con, like every MCM. They're there. And a couple of UK artists come down. Sometimes even US ones fly out. And they do portfolio reviews. So I wanted to get my portfolio <laughs> reviewed by one of the artists that I look up to, which is Dolly. If, if you know Dolly, he's he's amazing um like I, don't, I don't even know how to express how much i admire dolly he is amazing um yeah and i was really nervous <laughs> but at the same time my brother has been to cons pre-covid like he's been out with his friends and i think he's done the joker once he's done aladdin he knows what's up i don't and my sister didn't and i thought like last minute i was like but he was like so aren't you gonna cosplay and i was like am i supposed to cosplay he's like no but like are you not gonna cosplay? And I was like, okay, I'll cosplay, but what am I doing? So a very last minute, um, forcing my sister to sew Endor Leia's poncho and then painting it the night before, um, type of day. <laughs> that that was oh, it was so stressful. I'm never doing that again. Um, and she refuses to make anything for me <laughs> from now on, um, textile wise. Thank God she's so talented. And, uh, yeah. And so I went and I wasn't really feeling it like on the train. And then by the time I got off, uh, Excel, like by the DLR, we were queuing up to go in and I already had my poncho on. Cause I was just like, yeah, no, I like this vibe. So literally it was just out of FOMO <laughs> and it's like really unhealthy, but it worked. It's a good as reason as any to do anything. To be honest with you, yeah. you know, to, m myself and Megan, we uh, we took lots of photos of people in cosplay with their permission, of course, um, yeah. and we took photos with them and things. And Megan and I spoke about doing cosplay, um, and we didn't in the end, just cost wise and a few other things. And so we did kind of have that, but there was that part of us that thought, but actually, we had enough time to look around the whole convention without being stopped every few seconds. And obviously you mentioned that slightly earlier yeah. on in the conversation. So it's like, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword. You kind of have to almost have a day if you're in cosplay, especially if it's, you know, amazing cosplay that looks really realistic like your uh, Fennec Shand one did. Well, actually, obviously, not to downplay your Endor layer one to clarify. No, okay. but the Fennec Shand <laughs> was certainly elevated, just like, you know, Second Sister Triller. Like, both of them were phenomenal. Okay. So because of those, you'd have to get a lot more photos with people. So as you said, it's Both just... conversations. Like, mm. not everyone has... Um, not everyone wants a photo, which I, I love. <laughs> because, 
I can I I don't think people realize like I can be quite shy sometimes <laughs> like in person um but like yeah with Fennec it's it's really funny because like I put on the costume and it's just like that confidence boost hits in I completely did not expect that but it really does and then um yeah and then just every like for every LFCC so London Film Comic Con I found more Shans there obviously because Tamara was there and we just like stop and stare at each other from the distance and then slowly walk to each other and we go I love your hair I love your rifle I love, like it's just like constant compliments or just questions about how long did you do like how long did it take to do your hair how long did it take to do prop rifle so that your thing doesn't get <laughs> like shadow pass <laughs> forgot to say it. it's a prop <laughs> it's not real um we're having it's it's a toy <laughs> so like yeah um yeah and it's it's really interesting like you meet the most uh, incredible people in the most bizarre ways and talk about bizarre things or star wars and you know that kind of thing and i think that's really fun and i i like to take my time talking to people <laughs> most of the time if i'm not hungry at con <laughs> but yeah like I think I think that's like for me one of the the best experiences. Like photos are great, TikTok making great, but at the same time meeting people or like some kids that aren't scared of me. <laughs> like it's nice to meet them too, or just like see their eyes light up, you know. So yeah, I'm actually I'm the worst with kids because like at LFCC there was this family that came and they had like two little boys and the boy was literally to his dad. I tweeted about it. His he was just like. Uh, I want one about the, the prop rifle. And then I was just like, I, I was just like, what do I say? <laughs> and the dad's like, no, take the picture. And I was like, do you want to hold it? Like, I was like, this guy is not, this kid is not going home sad. Not on my account. <laughs> I just got him to hold it. And the dad wanted to hold it. Everyone wanted to hold it. It was really, really fun. I just, I love that. I love when kids aren't scared. <laughs> it's so, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember there's a there's an anecdote that Charles Saul has said about Mark Hamill, which is when Mark Hamill met um, Charles Saul and um, I think his kids, and Mark Hamill just immediately, not not in a rude way, ignored the parents, but immediately addressed the kids first, yeah. and just the wonder, the excitement of it, of just the the the, the it's just like un, it's unfiltered. You know, there's when you're an adult and you approach someone, there's the anxiety, am I bothering them? Then there's what if they're a weirdo? Yeah. What if they're Are they a creep? Are yeah. they what do they want? Exactly. <laughs> well, kids aren't like that. They're just like, Oh, that's cool. I'm just gonna go yeah. say whatever's going on in my head just straight out immediately. So when it's compliments and excitement, it just warms you up, you know? Yeah. I even had a kid like the first time I did Shan was at um was at London Film Comic Con as well. I feel like I'm promoting them this right. <laughs> <laughs> but um it was at there as an I, that's when I met Daniel Logan and I decided to try on the Fennec Shan without the helmet, without like just like the whole costume and the the Greeblies is what's it's called, those little things on on her. And a kid literally just came out. He's like in a stormtrooper costume. He came up to me and he was just like, See, I told my mom that she should wear this costume. Like she would look so cool in Fennec Shan, but she just doesn't listen to me. <laughs> He full on confessed to me that and I was like where's your mom <laughs> where, where is she and then she comes up later and goes I'm so sorry and I was like, it's fine and she's like do you want a picture with Fennec there you go it's done and then she's like how did you make it and I was like I I bought the fabrics like it's not that hard just go for it but it was so funny and like just it's unfiltered and the most hilarious interactions I absolutely love it 
That's incredible. And we'll start to uh, wrap up around here, but I do want to ask one or two more things about Star Wars of you. Um, So it's a very ambiguous question. And so answer this however you see fit. Some people answer with characters, others answer with memories, um, others give examples. So it's just, when I say this to you, just kind of the first most real thing you think of. What is Star Wars to you? (laughs) That's not easy. (laughs) It's not. You can take your time. Oh, okay. I think I'm just going to say it's my childhood. Because, like, that's that's how I started it, and that's how I came back to it, was um, literally in lockdown, me and my siblings having nothing to do and just rewatching everything to do with Star Wars and getting excited over it again. And then, you know, the Mandalorian coming out. It's just, it's the nostalgia, it's the storytelling it's not like perfect, which is what's nice about it. Sometimes you kind of go, oh my God, that's so stupid, but it's it's funny. And, uh, but then you have moments like, for example, like Andor, which completely like knocks you off. And then, yeah, I think it's the storytelling for me from Star Wars and, and the childhood memories or making new memories now. So yeah, mm. it's, it's fun. <laughs> it is. It, uh, it's one of the reasons I enjoy it so much. It's, uh, with me it's it's a weird one because it's it's evolved you know it's changed when i was younger it was just a cool bunch of films i liked watching with my dad and then it was this thing that everyone kind of forgot for a few years because after the prequels came out and stuff like i didn't watch clone wars uh when it came out i didn't watch clone wars till rebels came out so i was playing a few video games i was like oh for me styles for a while was the video games i quite enjoyed Mm -hmm. and i never really read much of the literature but now it's like I love what's on screen, you know, and I love sharing what's on screen with other, because the majority of people I know have seen the movies or watched the series, things like that, Yeah, which I love. And when a show like Andor comes out and I'm just like, I can be more proud of it in a sense, because Mando's a great show, don't get me wrong. And I enjoyed Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett, but I describe them as they're great shows for a Star Wars fan. But if you're not into Star Wars, most of those shows aren't really going to strike a chord. Whereas Andor's the yeah. show, which is, it's it's just an amazing show that's in the star wars universe and you know for that when that happened it was like it really changed i was like i can recommend people and i'm just trying to get more people back into star wars like i love it and for me it's like the the interconnectivity of everything i love like i can pick up a comic or a book many of the ones behind me or anything like that and in some loose thread it's connected and i really like that because i can distract myself i could i could basically delve into a lore that if i knew as much about star about world history as i know about star wars I would be like incredible at like history challenges or I'd probably be able to go in and like do pretty well at trying to get qualifications and have a step up. But no, I've decided my <laughs> little thing is going to be knowing loads about Star Wars. And it's like, it brings up an odd thing not to get too existential, but of like, for a while I used to be a little bit ashamed in a sense of how much time I invest in Star Wars. And then well, I same, kind of, same. yeah. And then I came to this realization where nothing is any more important to know than anything else apart from loose things around survival like if someone wants to watch every episode of eastenders how is that any more or less valuable than me wanting to watch everything to a star wars or if someone wants to play video games for all their free time or someone likes hiking like there's yeah. judgment linked with certain ones and if things are like active and healthy they're generally considered somewhat better to a degree but then even if you go to the gym all the time for hours and hours on end you get judged for that but it's like i came to this realization a few years back and i was just like I just unashamedly love Star Wars. And when I started doing that, the 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 way to explain to people is just 
the sheer joy I get if I buy a new book or comic or a new show comes out, you know, the joy when I watch the recent Ahsoka trailer and how excited I am for that. Like, I can't translate just the serotonin I get from Star yeah. Wars and it makes me happy. So and hearing it comes it back with to you, you as well. Mm. Like, you, you sh- you're sharing the joy and then people react to that joy and you can find more people that are also joyful for the same thing and then you're just like, it becomes like a circle of serotonin and like that keeps going. And then when you kind of think, okay, like, you know, like there are toxic sides to every fandom and Star Wars probably has like one of the worst sides, let's say. Mm -hmm. I have not even like probably like touched the tip of the iceberg of that one. (laughs) Let's say that type of experience. But like it doesn't let you down because like for one person, there's like a hundred that are always enjoyable and and fun and it just keeps you going. Yeah. Yeah. Something to look forward to a lot. Yeah, well. I, I like that. That's your hobby, huh? <laughs> I couldn't what, tell. One of them. Yeah, one of my many <laughs> hobbies. But you know, I have two podcasts. One, this one, which usually these conversations don't always link to Star Wars. If they can, I will link them. But they don't always. Yeah. But my other podcast, uh, Star Wars Comics and Canon, that's just by the name all about star wars comics and books and things so i just yeah i, I love it yeah. i have other hobbies as well and do other things but <laughs> Star Wars is just for me it's that's just my little thing that i share with the world like uh, small yeah. bits and pieces and then you you will also realize like it it starts to feed into other things whether you like it or not like for me i remember when i was doing just to touch on this because i know time but like uh for my essay this year and and like the film and architecture module and i had a i have a, i had let's say i don't know if he's teaching me next year but i had a really great tutor and he's like super passionate about film and architecture like very passionate almost like he will critique you to death type of passionate <laughs> and i love him for it because it's just like the bluntness comes out um but yeah i just remember i was like maybe i'll do my my essay on you know, something that's well architecturally loved, you know, like by the, the architecture society or, you know, like just normal people, let's say, like the Grand Budapest Hotel or, mm, you know, Blade I Runner love, 2049. Like these them. are, yeah, they're incredible examples that people write about for architecture and they've already been written in, in his essay uh, module thing. And then um, I remember like the first the first se- seminar that we had, I brought in a picture of the Brunswick for, for from Andor. I was like, isn't this so cool that they're using like film locations still like to this day and they decided to go back to that? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And we went on and on like through five seminars, like learning things. And he's like, so what do you think about your essay? And I was like, maybe Blade Runner, maybe this. And he's like, stop lying to yourself and just do Andor. (laughs) It's just like, I can see you happy about it. So just do it. (laughs) And it's kind of like, you need that push, you know? So, but like, it's so funny because I was just like, slightly like ashamed i was like i don't want to make my like my architecture stuff related to star wars there is more to me and then i was like uh <laughs> never mind <laughs> but i will say yeah. like filming on locations like um and or one of the things i love most about it is you know technology of the volume used in mandalorian and kenobi phenomenal technology don't get me wrong yeah. but just the feel when especially in my personal favorite arc is the heist arc in Andor. Although the prison arc is phenomenal, don't get me wrong. You know, it's like a hairbreadth difference. But the finale of the eye, the visuals of it, and the whole, you know, I'll just call it uh, the crunch that happens in the finale of that. And it's just like the gut punch crunch, it gets me. And all of it culminating together 
is so amazing and just when it's shot on location and when it's like that looks like the british countryside and like part of um solo a star wars story near the start in corellia that was filmed near where i live so i live in southampton oh, yeah. so but you'll just... never see it like that the same way now no exactly and you've been to a few locations as well haven't you I saw on your tiktok a couple of harry potter ones and a couple of star wars ones as well yeah yeah uh london is basically rogue one and or now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love like it's so cool I think it's uh, I don't know but like the stories of like rebellions are like a dystopia set thing I, I'm maybe I'm a bit depressing but I always I never see the future as a utopia type of oh, thing I'm the same I'm the so same. I'm just like oh my god like it's like it's kind of happening but at the same time it's so interesting how how these like brutalist um types of forms of architecture that was built at that time everyone thought they were like you know, this is our future. It's going to be the best building. This is our utopia. And now they're being used as an example of dystopia in films for our future. Like, it's so <laughs> how far we've come, you know? <laughs> like, it's really, really interesting. And I like walking by it and going, oh my, like, uh, I remember my dad, like, is so confused to why I love the Barbican, but I have so many memories there. And now it's Star Wars. I'm like, yeah, definitely <laughs> love it. It's like, get lost in it. Yes, but I love it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. I love seeing that uh, those kind of things in real life. It's just it, it's unreal, and I love seeing fans as well, like yourself, who take photos and see, like you can see um, them buy it and stuff. I I just love all that, and I, I love the positive fandom. That's my that's my yeah. jam. And Star Wars has a lot of negative fandom, but it also does have a lot of positive fandom. Um, which if you're in the yeah. right little pockets of the internet, you can find them. You can find them. Um, but this has been just such a delightful conversation. You can curate it. It has been. Uh, sorry, you you can curate it rather. Yes, with um, I I have to be honest with you had to block. Did I block anyone? No, there's. Was, I think only ever blocked like one person on Instagram, and I was just having a conversation with them, and then it just turned, and then suddenly it was just paragraphs after paragraphs after paragraphs, and it was just like this is this is too much. I was just saying I like Disney Star Wars, and now I'm having to pseudo defend myself over <laughs> something that I just like. So yeah, there there are. You, you can do that. Unfortunately, you know, when you're in the streets, you don't have people yelling at you, Andor sucks, or like a Disney show. Could you imagine that? that, that I get would... like, oh, I haven't watched Star Wars. Can I still be your friend type of conversations? So yeah, <laughs> that's the, what I get. It's <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> sure. People apologize to me a lot of the time. They go, I'm really sorry, Mike. I haven't lot. seen Star Wars. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, really sorry. It's like, you're only, in my view, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I, I, I still have other sides. Like it's fine. <laughs> I'm like it's totally fine. Oh man, um, but we'll we'll wrap up here. It's been absolutely delightful uh, speaking with you. Oh, it's and been a pleasure. It's just it's so much fun to connect. Obviously on social media, and I saw all the amazing artwork that you're putting out on the cool oh, cosplay <laughs> and the positivities. I say it's all amazing. So one more time, tell people obviously your website. I'll put links in the description. Uh, any of your social media you want to say, and I'll, I'll put those in there as well. And just any sort of final things before we uh, wrap this call up. Yeah. Okay. So my website nedamaktari.com um architecture or instagram kind of wise is mektari architecture <laughs> i was thinking of changing that username by the way but i'm so far in it now um and then uh yeah my twitter is nether mektari really easy to find me it's kind of scary uh, but yeah I'm, I'm happy to talk to anyone most of the time uh yeah and yeah thank you so much for having me on no worries it's, it's it's genuinely been my absolute absolute pleasure and i'll keep watch of all your posters just to watch them from a distance visually and then i'll keep an eye on when 
if when more go on sale because yeah i would love i would love to have some of those uh, in my house it's just they are phenomenal uh, genuinely so absolute hats off to you and you know best oh, of luck you. with the architecture stuff as well if it's anything like that you do with uh, the poster thing i'm sure you're gonna smash <laughs> it out of the park um but just thank, thank you, you once so again much. really appreciate it Neda. thank you so much mike thank you and that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my friends, as I said in the intro, and I think at the end of the conversation, make sure you check out Neda's stuff online. It's all amazing. And follow her on social media where you can. But what have we got coming up? Well, there is a conversation I have recorded with my friend Matt. We did a two-parter a little while ago that I released as separate episodes where we spoke about the differences between Australia and the UK, as well as speaking about his time hiking the, I think it's Pacific Crest Trail. And then we also started our new mini-series kind of thing called Hot Takes. And the first one is us talking about Elon Musk. Now, I was recorded a little while ago, sort of around the time of Twitter X kind of thing starting, uh, but it's a really interesting conversation. And Matt has some very interesting perspectives and we have a good old chat about that. So I think that's probably going to be next week's one. I have recording due next week as well with an individual who's all about positivity and stuff so i'll delve more into that when we've got that recorded i am in talks with more people to do with star wars so hopefully i'll have a few more of those recordings down over the coming weeks and then i've got a few other things going on in the background but in addition to that i recently did disney discussions number eight i think it was which was spider dan's pick so myself megan Rhea, and spider dan all talk about disney films every couple of months and we generally have a theme of it sometimes we each get to choose a film and other times the host gets to choose all of the films so it's a really fun conversation we did underrated live action movies and that included holes bed knobs and broomsticks freaky friday and sky high so really interesting conversation there so that'll be out in the coming week or so i believe i'll be posting that on social media and on my youtube playlist of disney discussions i will be putting the video in there from spider dan's channel too for any Star Wars fans, I have done a few Star Wars podcasts in the road to Ahsoka. So I was on Star Wars Timeline speaking with Ben about Ahsoka from the Clone Wars all the way up to Book of Boba Fett. I was then on Reckless Rebellion with Thomas Rochester, who I've had on the Andor discussion shows. And we spoke about the Thrawn book trilogies along with his friend Nathan. So he spoke about the Legends Heir to the Empire trilogy, the Canon Thrawn trilogy, and then the Canon Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. So it's a really cool Thrawn-centric conversation there. We've also released all four episodes of Rebels Reviewed, where myself, Maff, and Dave went through all of the seasons of Star Wars Rebels and then spoke about our thoughts on it. Maff had never seen it before, Dave had seen it once, and I've seen it a couple times. So a really good variety of perspectives there. And then we also have a bonus episode coming out, which I'm releasing within the next week, and that is going to be our kind of thoughts on the Ahsoka trailer and a kind of anything we didn't get to talk about in the normal four episodes of Rebels Reviewed, anything extra, and also Megan joined us as well, giving us her thoughts. So all in the lead up to Ahsoka that I've put as the hashtag Road to Ahsoka, and so a variety of my pieces of content have got that hashtag on social media if you check that out. Then with Ahsoka coming out, I've got the weekly discussion shows planned, so that will be video versions on my YouTube channel of youtube.com slash genuinechitchat, and the audio-only version will be on the feed of Comics in Motion. So make sure you subscribe to both of those places so you do not miss out. And if you're listening on YouTube right now, please go ahead and hit that like button, hit subscribe, and check out my variety of playlists. I've got Star Wars conversations there where I've spoken to Star Wars content creators, and that includes Kevin Scott, Claudia Gray, Kevin Shinnick, Paolo Villanelli, and there are more to come as well. 
if you are listening to this show and you are a big Star Wars fan, then you can also check out Star Wars Comics in Canon. Every episode of that is on the feed of Genuine Chit Chat. It's also on the feed of Comics in Motion, but it's also on its own feed called Star Wars Comics in Canon. So you can go there, check it out. I've tackled all the High Republic content from Phase 1, the vast majority of High Republic Phase 2 content, and then also all the other Marvel Canon comics up to a certain point, and I will be continuing on with those. But that's the Hidden Empire crossover events, War of the Bounty Hunters, Crimson Reign, as well as all the individual miniseries. That includes some Darth Maul stuff, some Dooku stuff even yoda loads of things like that and it's a really good way to understand the canon a bit more without having to pick up a single comic in your life and so i've created the show specifically so that people can kind of delve into the comic world of star wars which is incredibly interesting without having to really lift a finger so if you want to delve into that world without having to read a single comic please go and check that out i go through the plot details of the comics themselves so it serves as a refresher but along the way i also give more information on species planets recurring characters events that may be referenced in other pieces of star wars content so it really does help expand your canon knowledge. But in addition to that, my friends, make sure you follow me on social media at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on TikTok. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, so please go and do that, trying to get my subscriber numbers up again. You can also sign up to the Pop Culture Collective newsletter, that's pccnewsletter.com, and there you'll get a weekly update on everything that I've got going on in just a paragraph or two, as well as some updates with other incredible content creators, including Tony Farina, Spider Dan, Rhea Carrigan of the Femon Collective, and loads of other great people. So please consider subscribing to that newsletter if you don't want to follow me on every social media place and have to keep up to date with everything by constantly checking it and friends you can support the show as well as following me on social media you can leave reviews on apple podcasts on good pods on audible you can leave a five-star rating on spotify if you do any of those things send a screenshot of it to me on a social media or via email and then i will give you a free episode of afterthoughts afterthoughts is the bonus patreon content that i release over on patreon unsurprisingly uh, where usually myself and megan tackle a wide variety of things we talk about tv shows live performances movies we've seen trips we've been on those sorts of things you'll get an episode of that every week and i also do star wars legends book reviews on there and there's a few other bits and pieces of bonus content there as well so you can subscribe to my patreon monthly for as little as one pound a month to get access to all that or you can donate to coffee that's ko-fi.com slash genuine chit chat for any donation i will send you a couple episodes of afterthoughts the more you donate the more that you get but if you obviously don't want to do that and you still want some bonus content as i said just review the show send me a screenshot and i will get that to you but that's gonna be enough for me my friends thank you so much for tuning in as always especially all the way to the very end i appreciate each and every one of you and i'll speak to you next week likely with my conversation with matt you have just experienced host creator everything else of genuine chit chat and also the host and creator of star wars comics and canon found on the comics in motion podcast mike burton